correctly with the correct amount. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. Hey, this is Nadia. And this is Tom. And this week, we would love to give a shout out to another great podcast on the D20 Radio network of shows. And that podcast is the Order 66 podcast. The oldest podcast on the D20 Radio network, Order 66 has been the original podcast source about Star Wars tabletop role playing for over a decade. Having started with Wizards of the Coast Star Wars Saga Edition system, the podcast currently focuses on the Star Wars role-playing game by Fantasy Flight Games. They have had some amazing guests on the show, and their advice is always top-notch. So, if you are at all into Star Wars role-playing, or even just Star Wars in general, honestly, check them out. You're listening to Shared Sagas, an Australian RPG actual play podcast. This podcast features adult language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised. Greetings and welcome to Shared Sagas. This is going to be session seven of our Waterdeep Dragon Heist run-through. Great adventure by Wizards of the Coast we're having a lot of fun with. My name is Tom. I will be your friendly DM slash GM as per usual. Let's go around the table and meet our full house of players and characters for this session. Let's begin with you. Hi, I'm Sam. I play Izzy, a gnome wizard. Gnome wizard. Where are Izzy's parents? What's the deal there? Let's find out. It's really sensitive. She doesn't know. <laughs> well, do, do you? Do you know where your parents are, is he? They were killed in a tragic no. backstory. See, it sounds like you do. I don't know. Okay, that's fine. Listen, that's- listen, listen, listen. I left <laughs> a while ago to go to school. They sent me to wizard school. What does Izzy look like? I haven't really thought much about their appearance, really. It's just Izzy is Izzy. Could I get, mm. like, a hair colour, or...? I get the feeling that changes a lot, so they'll see a hair colour, like a like a weird one, or maybe okay. even, like, a mundane one, and go, ooh, I like that. Actually, that's really cool, because gnomes are such magical fey creatures. Mm. We, we could say, actually, if you like, that Izzy actually has different wacky hair colour, yeah. s- similar to how the Pathfinder gnomes work all the time. So maybe yeah. you've got like green hair today or blue or yeah, yeah, that's things right. like that. That's that's really cool. I like it. Yeah. You, madam. My name is Nadia and I am playing Jez Locke. She's a half-elf. She's a thief and runs a criminal organisation with her twin brother. She is almost a British tank girl, really. Oh, um, I love it. She is practical and a little bit bratty. That's fantastic. You have you are now level three, and so mm-hmm. I've had to pick your roguish archetype. And what is your roguish archetype? Uh, so I've gone for arcane trickster. Fantastic. So a little bit of magic mixing that in. A little bit in. of magic now. She's had a bit of downtime, and she's thought about what might be useful for her. Okay. Um, and has just decided to, as a bit of a hobby, take up a few bits and tricks. And bits and tricks. Would you suggest maybe as a bit of a bonding thing? Yeah, that you, and, you and Izzy have been. Absolutely, I think that's a good idea. But yeah, <laughs> in your downtime, we've been sort of cramming and learning, learning the yeah, ins and outs right. of. I like that idea. Arcane hmm. magic. That's awesome. And you, sir. I am Nick, playing Nicholas Locke. <laughs> 
The name just was too good to pass up. Oh my God. Uh, the other half of Lock Twins. I am the slightly higher end of our criminal enterprise. I am the face uh, trying to maintain a legitimate front. Uh-huh. I am uh, very well finely dressed in Renaissance gear, sort of the, the puffy sleeves, the rings, the red, dark crimson waistcoat. Awesome. And the rest of it, quite pale black hair. I look like a young Lucius Malfoyle. Malfoy. But with, black, with black hair. But with black hair. I, I affect... Um, I definitely affect a bit of an arrogant uh, posturing that isn't necessarily me, but I'm growing into the role. That's fine. <laughs> Excellent work. And you, sir? Hi, I'm Ben. I'm playing Lyle Hedgehart, a halfling cleric trickster cleric? Cleric trickster cleric? Yes. Uh, <laughs> following Time Mora. And you, sir? Uh, my name is Mark. I'm playing Hurst, the half-orc druid, folk hero background. He he does things for people. He does. He does, he does. do things for people. And sort of an urban druid. Okay. Yeah, he sort of, uh, he wants to make sure that uh, people who live between the gaps in the city get some attention as well. Excellent. That's really great. Okay. So, in between last session and this, we have had... Yes, sir? I just forgot to mention you asked Nadia. I'm an inquisitive roguish architect. Oh, I... Good point. Sorry, I did, I did forget. I apologise. So you, Nick, are also a rogue and you are the inquisitive archetype. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. So I'm very good at detecting lies. Well, that may come in handy. Yes, I thought so. That's why I Not going to lie. So, as we begin today, there has been three ten days of downtime since last session. You have used this time now that you have the funds to finally upgrade and renovate Trollskull Manor. The first thing I'm going to ask is, what are you calling your tavern? There is one proposed name, mm-hmm. which is the Speak Freely Tavern. Ooh, yes. Which I like. If anybody has any other suggestions, it is Speak Now or Forever Hold Your Peace. Uh, Hurst isn't good with coming up with creative names for things. Okay. <laughs> how's, so how's Mark? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Mark isn't uh, in this tavern, so his opinion doesn't count. <laughs> I love the method, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> so so can we can we then just agree that it's the Speak Freely Tavern? That is the name yeah. of your tavern. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, the second thing is that you now are registered as an actual adventuring party, a group that <gasps> operates out of the Speak Freely Tavern. So there were, I believe, two names that were offered as suggestions by you during the week for what your actual party name will be. One is the Unlikely Alliance. And the other, as proposed by Ben, was the... Still Waters Gang. The Still Waters Gang. I like both, and I have no Ooh. vote because it's not my... Uh, I will veto any completely ridiculous name, but those are both perfectly... Damn it! Those are both perfect. Vote amongst those two, or if somebody else has a suggestion, throw it in now. Yes. I prefer Still Water to Still Waters. I'm fine with Still Water Gang. It just sounds still a bit... Water. It sounds a little more... Okay. Still water. Any other... Step one, any other suggestions? No. Okay, uh, so step... Oh, sorry. Please, <laughs> no, no, please, please go. Ziggy, something like the... Tr- uh, was it Tro- it's Troll Skull Manor? The Troll Skull Irregulars or something like that. Ooh, I like that actually. All right, well, the, we, have, we have three choices now. So, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's okay. I just complicated everything. No, no, that's fine. So, because it's, it's being voted on now. Mark, what is your vote for? The Stillwater Gang, the Troll Skull Irregulars, or the Unlikely Alliance? And I'm only picking one. One. Uh, I will go the Troll Skull Irregulars. Great. Ben? Well, it seems weird if I don't vote for <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I don't know. You might just, you might suddenly love the idea of the troll skull regulars. Yes, you, your call. It's not bad, but I also have a problem with any gang of criminal enterprise advertising <laughs> their hideouts uh, in the gang name. So I'm going to go with the Stillwater Gang. Okay, sounds uh, good. Next, Stillwater. So Stillwater, Stillwater. Oh no. no, I'm going for my own. I suggestion. think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a shocking turn of events, you're going for. That. 
unlike the Alliance and Sam. Well, would I suggest that Tross color regulars? But what about so Tross, still so water irregulars? Compromise. Combination not, of both. I'm unopposed to that notion. I don't sense. mind that because there's gang out of my name. Yes. I'm trying to be a bit more legitimate go. about the fact that we're not a bunch of criminals. So. <laughs> hands up, still water irregulars. Well, the hands up is a yeah, great right. way to do this on podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners, many people have their hands up, enough to form a quorum or a majority. I'm sorry, Tom. This is kind of a two-part question to myself. Why do you suck? And what's it it like to suck so hard? (laughs) All right, then. So now, Nadia, are you you at least okay with the still water? Oh, yeah, very much so. Excellent. Okay, so still water. There's still water irregulars. Mm, Yes, that's good. You even make the broadsheets for assisting... Actually, no, sorry, because you wanted to keep that quiet, didn't you? Your assistance to the City Watch in uncovering the Zentarum. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Laying down. yeah let's play that on the download. That was the Zen SWAT did that. Yes, yes. that's true. However, <laughs> uh, whether you like it or not, word has spread a little bit that you were responsible for freeing Floon and Lord Raynard Neverember, yeah. which is what people care about. So that's mostly the thing that you're known as. In this three, this th- almost three ten days, it's been about 26 days, you have upgraded your tavern. Can I just get the full list of upgrades that you've chosen please certainly do you want me to go one at a time or just list them all out go one at a time the most amount of money that we've spent unsurprisingly has been renovating and improving the tavern and now the tavern is actually a really really high quality place so you know polish wooden floorboards is there there any particular decoration motif that you guys want to go with we want chandelier Oh, yes. you have a chandelier. Chandelier. Definitely a chandelier, for sure. Yes. That's I like the idea of that sort of very nice wooden carved type thing, making oh, it yeah. very, you know, very um, yes. green dragon. Oh. I think like a nice oak. The oak. Yes. Like Hurst is a fan of oak. Big, yeah. yep. big chandelier made of oak. Lots of lots of nooks for people to talk in. Yep. Um, yes. You know, very well lit candle, polished wooden warm floors. Lighting. Warm lighting. Lots of crannies for people to canoe. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. Canoe crannies. Uh, no. <laughs> Oh that's fantastic you have ever, ever bright lanterns on the wall yes. you can afford them and you can afford the ones that shutter so they're always uh-huh. there but you uh-huh. can just open up the shutter to turn the lights on and off basically so quite old school even within worlds yes you know okay. yeah. like a, yeah. almost like a simpler time type thing gotcha. yep. yeah okay. sort of yeah, with yeah. the chandeliers yeah. big row of fancy bottles and things you know, what a comfortable atmosphere comfortable atmosphere yeah. big roaring fireplace with fur in front of oh. it a couple of you know leather leather chest <laughs> arm back sort of leather chest for people to talk and feel important about just, themselves oh yes alright how many sets of deer antlers are we getting yeah Several. Nick how many sets of deer antlers <laughs> And my only other question we is... We use antlers in all of our decorations. In all of your decorations. What is the next uh, upgrade? The next upgrade is the Thieves' Training Room. Okay, well, I'm going to leave that to the Lock Twins. What does that look like? So the Thieves' Training Room is basically... You can consider it to be almost like shared offices for the group. So for me, I have lots of locks and fixtures for to practice unlocking things and disarming traps. Oh, I remember there's a Falcon and the Grey Mauser story where they went into the Thieves' Guild and they had that. They had like a wall of doors and locks and such to practice on. That's awesome. So things like that. There's also just some uh, like training dummies as well for for physical combat. And an Um, archery range. So it's kind of almost like a semi-dojo as well as part of Mm -hmm. that combined space. Good. And then for Nick's section. There is a dotted line down the middle of the room (laughs) and one that's Jess's (laughs) side and one that's Nick's side. (laughs) That's great. My half of the room. No. (laughs) 
So down one end, there's definitely an alchemy lab. Okay. Uh, very much looking like, you know, all the bottles and poisons and quills and little skulls and wax and tapers and all the rest of it. Oh, cool, cool. Next to it is a giant uh, bookcase mm-hmm. covered with scrolls and books. This is full of my general forgery sure. here, all my various cool. fake documents. And actual hidden amongst there, much like the purloined letter, you know, hidden in plain sight is our criminal records, like the actual books for our criminal enterprise. Yeah. That's awesome. Mixed in with all the nonsense, just so that anyone trying to find it would be like, oh, God, okay, ignore. I also have, like, targets set up, you know, with, like, uh, wooden moving palisades and things to practice my crossbow, a little a training dummy. Mm-hmm. You know, I do have a rapier. I haven't had occasion to use it yet. Okay. Um, so that's sort of generally what's happening, and a big nice chair for me to sit in and read my books. That is that is fantastic. And what's next? Next we have the Wizard's Library. Oh, please, okay. easy. So Describe this is, the Wizard's Library. So I like to think of it as, like, sort of, so over the, the three ten days, there's like a, a bit of a montage. Yeah. So it's just like, it starts off really small because Izzy didn't have a lot whilst while they were traveling on the road because, you know, you have to pack light. True. So there's like, you know, there's there, there are bookshelves, but there's like only one or two books in the mm. shelf. And then oh. like and a couple of days later, there's more. And there's there's Izzy trying to befriend the raven in the, in the tower. The raven, <laughs> and then just, yes. And then, you know, it, it, over over time, it's like, you know, more books, more bottles, more, more like a desk net chairs yeah nesting essentially yeah you know the raven is pecking Izzy less and less you know Speak, speaking of yes in fact can you can you actually please give me an arcana check yeah sure actually give me three you've had three ten days to yeah, attend yeah 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 okay so the first one is twenty an unnatural twenty great second one eighteen an 18. Yeah. Great. And the third one is uh, um, another unnatural 20. Fantastic. So you know for a fact, through your arcane studies and you yes. observing this giant raven who seems to be really intelligent that it is in fact of human level intelligence. <gasps> I like it it. it. it has so far refused to give the game away and talk to you uh-huh. that you'd be very surprised if it wasn't something strange or special. Like it wasn't awakened or yeah. who knows a former wizard's familiar. You've got no idea. It seems perfectly content with your presence. You've yes. made a good impression. Yes. And so far it has not chosen to share anything. But Izzy will build it a house. Great. That's awesome. <laughs> and what's next? Next on the list is Timora's Shrine. Great. So, Lyle, let's hear all about the shrine. Okay. So the shrine is taking place inside of the planning area, our secret getaway yeah. deep within Trollscale Manor through a hidden passage within the wine cellar. Yes. an enormous room dominated by a massive oak table of an oval shape mm-hmm. with chairs arranged around it, which I believe have been reupholstered uh, thanks to our carpenter friend. Yes. Though at no point did he end up gaining access to the room. It was probably you, actually. Yeah, Hurst brings the chairs out. Yes, exactly that. The chairs are reupholstered. Hurst takes them back downstairs. (laughs) And if if our carpenter friend does ask, they're potentially for some sort of private gambling area up on the the second or third most floor. Yeah, so Tali will respect your privacy and has no problem at all with whatever you're doing. He trusts that you are good people. Excellent. Very good. With them having been reupholstered, the second thing that needs to be updated are the maps that came with the place. So I've decided to put the three children, the urchins that uh, we found originally here, nice. into the task. Nice. We'll call them the Troll Skull Gang. The Troll Skull Gang works. Can I hang out with them? They seem cool. It's only because your eye height with them. <laughs> to be fair, yes. I think some of them might actually be taller. Yeah. Okay. That's very true. Nat, Nat is taller than you. Okay. Continue. Yes. 
With uh, with Izzy hanging out as well. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Yeah, so they will go. And now I assume you're going to keep all the old scrawled upon maps. With yes, absolutely. Notes made by the other bandit layers, just in, just yeah. in case these little Xanathar hideouts. Are... Oh yeah, that, that that's not changing whatsoever. What I'm looking Fantastic. to do is update the surface area of the map. Good things that have changed uh, since then. Yep. I'm using the urchins in order to verify or come back to me with notes, and I'll be doing much the same, getting the lay of the land, making sure that what we have to work with is up to date. That is fantastic. Now, as far as oh, yes. sorry, there is one last thing. As far as making this place a dedicated a dedicated shrine yes. to Time Mora, there are two things. Mm-hmm. First of all, if we do trust our carpenter, you do. So we will show him this place, but with the map stand, and we'll say that it's a private gambling den that we're setting up. Sure, private game need this much to enter. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have him inscribe the symbol of Time Mora in the very center of the board uh, boardroom. Oh, nice. And then I'll use uh, Embrick's talents in order to inlay it with something shiny. That's fantastic. I love that so much. That's awesome. And then what's next? Next we have the Glade. All right, Hurst, tell us all about this Druid's Glade. Uh, so this is what Hurst started working on basically the minute that we got Troll Skull Manor, yeah. like going and getting uh, seeds from the good fr- uh, from good apples and fruits and stuff like that. So he part of it is that he realizes we can save a bit of money and create a bit of a reputation if we brew quality ciders using quality ingredients. Which you can, I mean, you can magically augment the fruit using druidic ritual to make it just extra extra wonderful yes so, great and alongside that he's planting other more convent well not conventional necessarily but less like he's planting trees for less financial reasons and more druidic reasons sure that's awesome uh, so and then along the floor he's growing a lot of uh, smaller herbs and ground coverings and stuff like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so the glade is essentially he's acquiring rudimentary supplies okay for spell casting and for druidic rituals that aren't all necessarily used for like combat sure you know like it's just little little, little things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sounds uh, like druidic permaculture with a food forest and you know yeah. multiple uses for the things yeah that and like all in the one place doing that thing where it's like well if I plant this bush then insects will be attracted to that and stay across this yeah. and it's all very right. organic and he also has a spare room which he's blocking out all the shades off and that's going to be growing stuff that thrives more in darker uh, more ah. underground places no yeah. that's awesome fungi and things like I, that I love it I love Love it. That's awesome. That's so cool. All right then. What, um, how, and sorry, but that, that's pretty much it for the Glade. Uh, yeah. So that is basically Hurst's like entire time is just essentially elbows deep in the Glade in one way or another. Whether it's procuring supplies to help grow it or uh, saplings or seedlings or whatever to plant. He's basically just... You You can see a lot of Hearst because he's always around doing stuff. Sure. But he's not being especially... He's not being especially uh, active or just like socialising a lot. No, that's cool. I like the idea of your room being, you know, kind of a, a spore central type thing with all of the, the mushrooms and everything that you're growing. Maybe some of them are phosphorescent so you kind of walk into this dark room and then there's just this glow... On the ceiling. Yeah. yeah they're so like, cool. what's that? And you're like, it's fine. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. No, it's completely natural. It's safe as houses. <laughs> That's great. Safe as houses. What's next? Next we have, and finally, the scrying ward. Oh, that's easy. So that's that's realistically just, you'll, you will be getting in, uh, actually, uh, the Harpers will be able to get a spellcaster in to essentially set that up and for you. And what room did we decide on? Do we want to do the, the training room or do we want to do your secret room? Secret room. Yeah. So here's the thing. You will need 
to put your trust in the Harpers mm. because they, they need to physically come in and do yeah. it. There's no way to do that remotely. So, which actually brings me to my next point, because over these three ten days, with, you know, the escalation and slight break uh, between the fight in the streets, between the Zentarum and the Xanathar guild, the factions are going to double down on wanting you to join them. So, Force Grey is going to be not giving you an offer to join the Grey Hands, but they say that they will likely come to you with work in the future. They might have another job for you at some point, which they expressly state that they will, which is great. The Harpers are definitely going to want one or more of you to sign up, though. If you join... The, first of all, you've already got some renown with them, so that's pretty good. Your discount on magical items and services will be about 30% right now because of the renown that you have with them so far. So I guess uh, whom, if anyone, does in fact want to become a Harper? Izzy? Yeah. Lyle? Yeah. Great. Okay, good that's stuff. That's Situation. Yeah, no, that's that's not. Well, I already no. stole the badge pin for us. Remember, so, we have the. Uh, we can <laughs> oh pretend we are. No. no, no, I'm good. No, uh, my character wants to stay quite neutral. Okay, so do I. that's no problem at all. So the so but so you two are, are actual harpers. So that's that's enough then for them to come in and put the actual magical ward. So your secret room, your meeting room, is warded against divinations. Mechanically, uh, yes. Does that mean it's proof, or it's just they've got to roll against it? So what it means is that it. Good question. So it means that it is proof against level divinations or lower Ooh, and they have to average plebs. and they have to roll against it if it's higher that's pretty good then so your yeah. average idiots we're going to run into uh, a lot of fairly them. good against very, very much so yes so mm. okay then so that and if now Xenophar wants to have a peep inside we're mm-hmm. not stopping him no, exactly. The other thing to note is that, as mentioned, Force Grade doesn't give you an offer to join. They just, you know, clearly, you know, they want to... Because they're very law and ordery, and they realise that while you may be trustworthy, you're not exactly in that uh, particular vein. I think so reliable rather than trustworthy. You're more reliable. So you'll you'll be an occasional freelancer, perhaps, if they have a job here and there. The Emerald Enclave, Mark, Yo. your parents come to visit. Oh. And they are going to <laughs> essentially state. God damn it! They essentially make the make the simple case to you that they would really love you to come back to the high forest, back to the actual commune. If you insist on staying in this big smelly city, that you at least join the Emerald Enclave properly, so they know you're being looked after and have some friends they can trust. <laughs> They'll put the parental pressure on you, but of course, oh, it's still your choice. I just want you to make friends, Hurst. Yeah. I make good choices. I have, I have friends. I mean, take a look at my glade. My glade is doing so well. I think we have a little scene actually of this, just really quickly. So, we we see Hurst in the glade, and it's beautiful. And we see your father, who is just a big, grizzled, but very softly spoken, I imagine, mm-hmm. orc, like full-on, you know, large, lumbering orc in very druidic sort of hide armor, leaning on an oak wooden staff. And you can see your mother, who's just the polar opposite. Uh, now, I don't want to make assumptions. I assume she's a wood elf. Is that, is that fair to say? Yes, I think that's safe yeah. to say. So I'm going to say that she's got sort of short, curly, dark hair. Once again, just being a wood elf, like all elves, looks about 20 years old, <laughs> but, you know, is clearly much older, big, big green eyes, just kind of sitting there really inspecting the land and just being like, <laughs> so tell me now, um, uh, are we going with these particular flowers so close together? It's, I don't have a lot of space. I know it's not optimal. Mm. I'm doing the best I can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, are you uh, are you sure there's enough light here? You, you don't want to get rid of the balcony above so there's more of a midday sun? Well, that balcony doesn't necessarily belong to me, so I have to consider other people's mm. wishes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are you are having um, uh, enough meditations per day. Yes. 
Mom, I'm meditating every day, twice a day. Your, your father just puts, a, puts a huge, such an odd couple they are. He puts his huge, grey, clawed hand on her shoulder and says, uh, Now listen, just, you know, give him a break. He's doing his best. Don't bother the lad so much. Yes, is he? He seems stressed. <laughs> Make it three. All right, all right. Well, listen, we have to be off. Join the Ambledon Clay for her not taking no for an answer. She gives you a big hug. <sighs> Goodbye. Your, your father does the classical orc greeting of just sort of, you know, grabbing your head and just pr- pressing pressing his forehead to yours and then gives you, a bit, gives you a big embrace. The only orc, really, that's bigger than you. And, then, and with that, they just, you know, turn and leave. And so over these three weeks, of course, in the, after the first week, you actually managed to open your business. The renovations can continue, but you've had two full 10 days of business that let's Get them business roles happening. Oh. So, everybody can help. Uh, there's, there's at least a skill that you can make. So what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to allow you to essentially do a downtime activity each 10 day, but also do a business role as well. So you can contribute to both. Uh, so first of all, Hurst, you are making some cider. We're going to see how well that goes. Can you please give me two nature or survival roles? I'm going to go survival because that's a much better stat for me. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> please give me two of them. Two, you see. I do. Survival just means they won't die from it. Yes. Or go blind. <laughs> well, I, like, I think oh, between like, the elven approach to brewing alcohol, which is looks delicate but is surprisingly potent, and the orcish approach to brewing alcohol, which is not quite as potent but <laughs> looks it, Good. probably looks a bit more potent than it actually is. Let's do it. 16 for one and 12 for the other. Okay, fantastic. So that's going to be a nice bonus. Lyle, so you... Uh, a wise. That's correct. You're, intel- you're intelligent and wise? Well, well, <laughs> more, more, more wise and intelligent than I'm sure he thinks so. Fantastic. So do you have, uh, so, so what you can do is you can give me either a wisdom or an intelligence check to basically help with the bookkeeping, help with the business, and uh, help to read people, you know, in negotiating with the guilds and stuff like that. I, I kind so, of see Lyle, like, sitting back at a negotiating table, and someone's trying to strong out, and Lyle's just, like, stapling his fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> a little half, finger like, steeple of evil <laughs> contemplation. Here's my counter No, of, of the, the, the finger, finger steeple of shrewd businessmen. Yes, indeed, but nobody's seeing that I'm having to be propped up on a cushion on the <laughs> Oh my god. Let's see dangling What would you like for that? Uh, so either wisdom or intelligence and any proficiency you think will will apply. Sounds like persuasion is yeah, actually more where I want to go down. Actually that's fine if you if you prefer that one. That's not not, not a problem at all. Okay. Actually, and you, we, we can double down with Nick on this one as well. So you two yeah. together yes. can, can, can do the can do the negotiating. So can both of you give me two persuasion rolls, basically? Twenty three, and likewise. And second roll, twenty six. Wow. Okay. Uh, first roll was eleven, but the second roll was twenty two. Amazing. That's good. That's really really great. So I think we see a brief scene of you maybe in the newly renovated tavern, basically trying to negotiate a deal between a t- big red bearded dwarf who's in charge of the brewing. Guild Good cop, and a, bad cop. Yeah, I think it's a good. <laughs> and, yes. a, oh my God. and a short, portly, grey-haired halfling woman who's in charge of the tavern keeper's guild. And so, as we open, she's like, "Well, all I'm saying is that if you <laughs> if you want to sign on and reduce your guild fees, you're going to have to do it with full cooperation from the Brewers Guild. I'm not giving them any more concessions." Like, Listen, you. <laughs> 
have done me wrong the last three times. I asked for 25% from the last deal and you only gave me 20. Well, I could not possibly have known that that was going to happen. It wasn't damn it. Like, they just started arguing. So the two of you are going to jump in and, yep. uh, and help out in some way, please. Okay, so in this case, it seems like... The halfling uh, has attempted to try and get the better of the deal. Uh-huh. Dwarf has not been particularly impressed by that. No. Uh, is that dwarf the same dwarf uh, who had his doors blown up by yes, the other indeed. Oh, no. Okay, so at the moment, he's he's literally over a barrel. He is. Will you point that out? Absolutely. I wouldn't... <laughs> Let's do the good cop, bad cop. Yeah, you, you jump into it first. Master Dwarf, I think having no premises and a serious to damage business, you'd be lucky to accept any offer lest you be out on the street begging for scraps. Mm, yeah, that's pretty good. I like it. Okay, he, he looks down the half and then you can... Yeah. Was that, your, was that your bad cop or your good cop? That's my bad cop. You're, You're a bad, cop. A bad okay, position. Now cop. you offer yeah. the... Excellent. Okay. <laughs> Just don't want to go down worse path if I can help us. <laughs> Just kick his chair over. <laughs> We're in new business, and given the competition that we scoped out earlier, particularly with their reputation for adding additional ingredients, shall we say? Nice. To their, uh, to their stock. I feel like ours is the best representation of your talents and abilities that will allow you to maintain a decent amount of profits to see you through the troubling times. Okay, they, they look... Winter is faster approaching. Surely you want a roof over your head for yourself and your smaller progeny. They turn to look at each other, they give a grim resolute nod and and very reluctantly shake hands. And then we'll fade out on that scene and then so Jez. So what Jez does, she starts whisper campaigns. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, fantastic. So she'll go and hang out in other taverns and be like, you know, you know, in a corner, you know, have you heard about uh, the Speak Freely? It's a pretty great great place actually yeah you know, this, this place is alright but I, I say we go there next and she basically kind of pops from pub to pub oh, in different areas of the city sometimes putting up posters scrolling some um... sorry do you do this for every tavern or do you do it for select ones such as like I, I, would you do it to the yawning portal no. no no I wouldn't do it to the yawning portal because we've got a good relationship with them also mm. they have a place to hide the bodies yes <laughs> But uh, yeah, doing things like doing graf- graffiti on the back of on the back of toilet stall uh, stalls oh and God. all of that kind of thing. Whisper campaigns, paying a couple of people to a couple of uh, beautiful men and women to to mention. The, the mm. bar at the... Uh, Floon. Do you, do you rope in Floon? Oh, my God, to, yes. Because he is a most... Tell Floon he yeah. has all of the yeah. free drinks he wants if he can come to... If, um, if we give him the window. It's freely. That's he, right. He will bring a bevy of ladies <laughs> to your oh town. Oh, my God. So... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 21. There is some buzz about the Speak Freely. That's for sure. People are really excited about it. And Izzy, your, your main thing's intelligence. Yes. So you can definitely help out with the bookkeeping and such like that. Mm-hmm, you, can, mm-hmm. you can help out Carlene Inkfingers with the accounting. Ah. Uh, there's a there's a there's a weird look on Lark's face. Yes, indeed. You yep. can be of help to me. Jez Lock has been nothing but trouble. <laughs> so have you. So Izzy, tell me yeah. about it. Wait. I, okay, really, really quick, I had two questions for you. Yes. Izzy. First of all, can you give me an intelli- uh, two intelligence checks to help sure. out with the bookkeeping? No worries. Hang on. We've just been saying what everybody's thinking. Alright, 19. Mm-hmm. Great. And 15. That is fantastic. Good work. Really, really great work. Okay. The other question I have is, are you going to try to help or hinder... (laughs) 
<laughs> Lyle's romantic efforts with uh, Carleen Inkfingers, since you'll be spending hours with Carleen. Aww, we should put it to the vote. Do it, you coward. <laughs> Do it, you coward. <laughs> Do it, you coward. <laughs> Look, we know it. They know it. Jess and I have been quite open about it. <laughs> Lyle has not. Yeah. You know what? what? Izzy will help with this. That's because, okay. because they want to see the train wreck that it will become. So that brings me along to the second part of this, which is, of course, the, the romance options. So, uh. first of all, uh, so thankfully, because Izzy did not interfere, uh, Carleen, of course, does make advances upon you, Lyle. Would you be reciprocal for Absolutely, us? I would be. Fantastic. So the, <laughs> so the long-awaited results of the two halflings hooking up definitely happens no kiss we have a small montage of you awkwardly having a little small. bite thanks and then a and then a sweeping John Williams score soundtrack rises oh as, you, as you kiss the camera pans across <laughs> <laughs> everybody else is there no, 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 we're applauding. Yay! Doctor, I thought you were doing a thing where it pans across all of you and then it goes down. Oh, yes. <laughs> the that's sheer great. mechanics of the mind boggling. <laughs> anyway, that's great. Awesome. And so, also, in addition, though, uh, Yagra Stonefist, having spent some time here, uh, makes romantic advances against Hurst. Hello. Against Hurst? Against Hurst. <laughs> that's the only way Hurst gets down. <laughs> So Yagra, Yagra spent some time helping out because of being a childhood friend and so forth. Hmm. So she, so she is a member of the Doom Raiders Zentarum faction. She's in particular, she's Davil Star Song's bodyguard and also a childhood friend of Jez and Locke. You know, she's a, a gruff but very competent uh, mercenary. You she's know. strong. Com- completely up to completely up to you, Hurst. Uh, that um, I, I, I simply mention it because it is very, very likely that she would uh, make a pass at some point. I don't think there's any rom- romance in there, but you know. Look at to know him more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, Hurst has no hang-ups about sex. Like, no, it's no, just no. like... So, okay, I mean... Let's do it. Bees do it. Yes. <laughs> so, there's a few casual encounters, shall we say. Yeah. That's great. Okay, good stuff. So, is there anything else that anyone wants to add as little things that they do during this downtime? Yes, sir. Should we do a montage to explain our various plus one skills? Maybe not a montage, just a moving along, but just a, a really quick description. What's what what skill are we doing to improve in your downtime then? So as Jez, or as I've taken Arcane Trickster as a background, mm-hmm. so she's going to be spending a bit of time with Izzy, yep. learning a few bits and pieces. Yes. This was all in some book that I kind of just gave to her and go, you know what? I, I'm not. This isn't my jam. But here <laughs> yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> but then what happens is she goes off and tries to practice in the corner of the room and then Izzy sees that she's like about to blow herself up basically and she's like, no, 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 you're doing it all wrong wrong, wrong book wrong book wrong book wrong book wrong book yeah that's right fantastic that's great alright then so uh, what uh, I will increase my persuasion I simply go schmoozing around the tavern local business owners just getting to know everybody really just increasing my social skills trying to deal with the more common people I want to live like common, common people great and so, and so, so what, what, what uh, skill did or, or proficiency did uh, Jez and Izzy Take. She's going to put another one to investigation. Yeah. And the reason for that is because she spent a lot of time with, you know, finding lots of different books and doing research and things like that and cool. kind of putting a few different things together. It's just, you know, she's starting to kind of like develop hobbies. You know, she's been doing a little bit of magic. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, been doing some research about the history of the manor. She's been investigating kind of the going goings on of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. generally becoming, you know, involved with you know, this this area, this neighbourhood. So, speaking of which, for free, anyone that wants to, can because the kids want to do, to do it as well, do you all want to learn standard sign language? <gasps> yes. yes! 
Yeah, so that way you can, so the kids still have their own version of the sign language, but they can, they want to learn the proper one, and you thought, well, why don't we all learn it together type okay. thing. So yep. anybody that wants to can just take that as a free language learnt. <laughs> it could also be very useful for a group of uh, scoundrels to have a sign language that they can use to communicate. So, yep. Ben, what skill? I might put it into perception. Perfect. And Hurst? Uh, Hurst might take a proficiency Thank in insight. Good, excellent. Getting used, like, just getting used to people around and stuff like that. Awesome. And Izzy? I am not quite sure. What's your favourite skill? Ooh. Or a skill that you'd like? Stealth? Yeah, actually, yeah. You play a thief in the, in the thieves' training room and have fun with Jez, you know, doing little sneak-up games and, like, you know, like Fagan and all of a twist. I like, know. Yeah. Ultimate game of hide-and-seek. Yes, ultimate game of hide-and-seek. It, it gets really intense. Yes. <laughs> City-wide. Okay, that's Three days later, we still haven't found Izzy. <laughs> so we have a beautiful montage of everyone constructing your tavern and opening it up. You have two wonderful ten days of flourishing business. So now, whom is going to roll the percentile die twice to see how... Now, because of your awesome drumming up campaign, you're going to have some good bonuses, so if somebody take a percentile dice and roll it. I vote Lyle. Alright. Percentile dice, you say. Alright, I will go physical for this one. Oh yeah. Thank you. Physical. We are looking at 57. Okay. That's pretty great. So with your bonuses that you've accumulated from your hard work, you earn 350 gold. Whoa! In the first week. And secondly... Oh my god. Alright, clarification. Is yes. that a 1 or is that a 100? Uh, that's a 100, I think. That's a 100. That is 100. <laughs> because. Oh, yes! that's the one. Yeah. You have such an amazing opening week. Yeah. You make such a good impression in your first two 10 days, which, yeah. by the way, is actually going to line up perfectly with the month that you're in, in spring, which is the, which is the festival called Fleet Week, which is essentially a nautical themed festival that is citywide. Mm -hmm. it, it goes on, think of like an amazing boat and seafood festival, which is, first of all, essentially paying tribute to Umberly, the mm -hmm. goddess of the sea, but also all the other aquatic deities and such like that. There are, there are I mean, there are carnival floats, there are parades, there are seafood festivals. And we'll say that you just, you get like the best chefs to have just a really great seafood oh. layout. <laughs> you go all out with the decorations and whatever. So in this time of the city, which is so rife with celebrations and festivals and parties and so forth, mm -hmm. you just double down on that. The, the, the Venn diagram of you with this new great tavern during this uh, special time means that because of that role, forever going forward, you're going to have bonuses on your tavern keeping stuff. Yeah. Yes. And most importantly, you make a record 540 gold. Nice. Excellent work. All right, so bookkeeping out of the way. Let's get down to it. Because as much as you have been sharpening your skills and developing your tavern and running the business and making new friends, uh, we are now going to get on to the point where at the end of this time, halfway through this festival, you have decided that you are going to finally finish your downtime. Business is thriving. You're trust in that you've sharpened your skills you're ready to go out and make some more money doing your adventuring stuff so the two harpers yes have been asked to come to the yawning portal uh, to take on a new job that they are offering to you i just want to kick into this i think there's one there's two last things that we do need to resolve in the period of downtime only because they're going to come back and bite us sure nevercott's satchel of information that we picked up correct ah, we yeah. that? so everybody wanted to hold off but i think you've actually started liking him for no other reason that you got your griffin at one point i do like him. I'm still slightly cautious, but at the same time, I, I think he he's a good person to have on our side. All right, so but he he only seems to be 
behaving in an honest and straightforward way with us. Yep. So in that case, we're sharing the information regarding the list of houses in the cult and the list of masked lords. I think so, unless there are other um, any other objections. There's only one thing that I want mm-hmm. to change with that: leaving uh, Neverember off the lists. Um, to what purpose? Uh, Nevercot has expressed profound interest in Neverember, and I can only assume uh, that it's for the same reason that the Xenathar Guild had an interest in him, and so did the Zents. He's our patron. Uh-huh. There's a lot of what we're, a lot of this is what we're relying on his goodwill. Yeah. And I would just as soon prefer to keep his keep name his away. Keep his name off the list. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings me, by the way, to the other thing, and thank you for the reminder. Um, were you going to be confronting that's, Neverember? That's about, the second. About these accusations. So yeah, that's the second part of this. We know three things about Neverember based off this list. Potentially, he's um, one of the houses in the cults, or oh, yeah. he's a master lord. And we know that Xanathar have designs to try and take him again if need be. So I'm, I'm, my proposal is we t- take his name off and we give the information to Nevercot. Yeah. And then I don't think that we address this directly with him. However, we have some kind of conversation to start getting a bit of an idea. Get some information ourselves. That That's can... right, because we don't want to we don't don't want to lose our patron yeah. and we don't want to scare him off. Yeah. But maybe some trust building and trying to get an idea of kind of I think who we can really I think we can start that level of trust by warning him that the, we received intelligence that the Xanathar may not be done with him yet and that you should always keep one eye open. Yeah. And that we are happy to provide whatever services we can in that regard. We don't specifically outline the information we got about him. Exactly. But we that. indicate that there is some rumblings and we think and, that he might yeah. be at risk. Yeah. I feel anything that ingratiates us to him and also puts us within some degree of physical proximity with him. Yeah. With the absolute bona fides of providing protection, but also with the intent of keeping an eye on him so we can verify this stuff. And I think we say simply with our various run-ins with the Xanathar Guild and the Zenith Guild, you are a person of interest, simply. That's perfect. My question then is, are you going to ask or inquire or confront him about the evidence that they have of his mysterious missing inheritance? Maybe the missing inheritance, yeah. I think I just, I think I we think could that tell him about it. As a, as a business, mm-hmm. we kind of need to have an understanding of what our risks are. So I think it's fair for us to ask that for no other reason other than having a good idea about where, yeah. you know, the potential for our investment and all of that kind of thing. The profits that we made off the opening week, mm-hmm. some of that goes to Nepicot as part of, as, as he is, I think, part owner or investor, uh, right? He takes 5%. Right. Okay. So that might be the time with which to talk about it. Okay. Well, that's a really quick scene then. It is a late evening. After expressing the f- concern to him about the fact that he may be in danger or, mm-hmm. you know, undergoing that sort of thing, yes. uh, he will actually ask if he can at least at least temporarily, maybe for a few months, move in to the tavern. I think that's idea. Mo- he, he, the reason he says that where he, he's happy to go wherever. He can just, he'll, he'll, he'll sleep in actually pretty rough circumstances if required. I wouldn't want to do that to him. No, but he states that because his house is now literally part an orphanage and part a hospice of sick people. People, he does not want to bring any bad attention to, to him at home. I so, think we put him in the spare room next okay. to Hurst's for now, if okay. you're okay with that temporary situation. Yeah. So we see him. He's a fine-featured, handsome gentleman with uh, shoulder-length red hair. He's got a blue tunic and sword, rap- rapier and dagger at his side. He sits across at the late evening. The torches are spluttering on the walls. Mm-hmm. He takes a long draft of one of your darker mm-hmm. and uh, more, like, I guess, uh, high-end beers. And Excellent. Puts, 
puts it down on the table and says, I see. Well, you are right to question. I have certainly had more than my fair share of questions about my inheritance. Do you know... And he, and he gives you uh, a couple of streets in the South Ward. Are you familiar with that neighborhood? I would be. You are, yes. So you know that it was one of the areas that was destroyed in the War of the Dragons, mm -hmm. but then it was completely renovated. People assumed that it was the Master Lords, although they didn't give any sort of advertisement of that fact. But it was a, a completely reconstructed neighborhood or two. Your ability as a um, as an inquisitive. Yes. So you're going to be present, obviously, for these yes. discussions. You're all sitting around the table yes. with him. Yes. Oh, right. Uh, whatever, whatever sign that we've learnt for things that are, you know, not true or what. <laughs> have you in our sign language <laughs> I'm going to rely on you to yeah. provide he says that was reconstructed by myself mm. I put the funds for it I don't need any more money than I have I live comfortably and I have other small businesses that earn me a potential income going forward I simply wanted to give back to the community because I feel that my father and many of the other secret lords frankly do not. The efforts of the city to put funds where they need to for those that truly need it are abysmal. I know other cities are worse, but we hold ourselves as a shining example within the Lord's Alliance and the Sword Coast, and we ourselves are not doing as good as we could. I will check for insights, and then I'll say something. 22. Yep, you, you believe he's being utterly sincere. And I will say to him, in the long run, the society will be judged not by how it treats its upstanding citizens, but by how it treats its criminals and the lower classes. He nods and says, and rest assured, if I had any idea where this supposed vault of treasure that my father has created was, I would absolutely try to find it. But I would give it back to the city after holding them to ransom for it, ensuring that they put it towards the city. <laughs> I'll give him a... If I'm sitting near enough for sort of a good clap on the back kind of... And I am not a master lord. I have no intention of becoming so. It would be exceedingly unlikely for them to want me as a mask lord after my father. Weird question. Why the masks? To mask their identity. So they cannot be bribed or corrupted. They cannot be influenced. But then also they can't be held accountable. They can be. They are held accountable by each other. Well, mm, uh... He nods and says... It is, uh, it is not a perfect system. I agree. I do not think that our particular system of government is perfect at all. I do not think Panopticon is ideal <laughs> as a system of governance. The intent was to make it so that they could not be influenced. That being said, we're reliant, you know, all of us ourselves are largely reliant on these levels of gaps that come with level of rule bending and breaking and corruption mm. in order to mm. operate ourselves. So this works for us. Okay. He says... My my insight, does that cover everything he's saying yes. now as well? Okay, Correct. Just so yes. I can proceed. He's, now say, he's, he has one final question for you, which he says, you mentioned that my name was on this list. Uh, I have no interest in whom they think our mask lords are. Frankly, I think that they have almost no idea. Uh, however, would you be kind enough to tell me, since I was supposedly on this list of cultists, whom the other suspected families are? I do not have many other dealings with nobility, but I would be very interested to know who they think might be worshipping devils. So, okay, we've shared that information. Yes. Ah, in order okay. to, in, in order to phrase the question to him. I see. All right. I was, I was looking at hiding it ourselves, but I don't want to recant anything. No, we can recant. No, no, no. All good. I, I don't want to recant it. Oh, okay. I actually think Neverember is no slouch when it comes to insight and persuasion himself, so yes. he may have untangled what it is that we're trying to do. Oh, I see. And as such, turned the tables a little bit, if uh, everyone else is cool with that. Knowing that he knows what we know. Yes. We share that Growlhund... Castellanta and Snow Beetle. <laughs> he, he laughs a little bit at the Castellanta and says, <laughs> Snow Beetle, they're a halfling family of extremely wealthy 
orchard farmers. They have the largest apple orchard in the city and they supply some of the nicest cider. Oh, really? I mean, I suppose they are rural folk that live outside the walls. All manner of things can be gotten up to on farms, but they have been nothing but pleasant to me in my brief interactions with them. Uh, Most halflings are. Just yes. because they don't, they make good stuff doesn't mean they're not bad. No, absolutely. Just because they make good cider, they're not necessarily bad apples. I can smile and murder while I smile. <laughs> he says, he, <laughs> cool. he, fr- he frowns. Yeah, I got you, Hurst. <laughs> <laughs> he frowns for a second and says, the Castellanters, that's, uh, I-, I can see where they're coming from. They, they have a lot of servants who are tieflings. So I feel that they are being rather uh, judgmental of that. But the fact is that they are philanthropists. They are one of the wealthiest noble families in the entire city. And frankly, I think their philanthropic efforts are the best of any that I can think of. They give regular donations to all the temples of good in in the town. But say you were up to nefarious family business, would it not behoove you to make large philanthropic donations so when this exact conversation happens, your reply is exactly as you said? Did your father make donations to goodly purposes? Mm, only what he was forced to do, unfortunately. He was rather uh, not as he, he was rather less generous than they were, that's for sure. Perhaps they have slightly more perspicacity about it then. I would remind everyone that and this is in character, that Castellanta did have something of a question mark next to their purported membership mm. in the cult. So and the only evidence, by the way, in the in the journal book about them was simply the fact that they were on hard times. Yep. And now and then suddenly their their fortunes reversed. That and doesn't mean they're guilty, that could just mean that they're normal criminals. Yep. And, and, but since then, they've d- doubled down on their philanthropic efforts and their donations mm. to charities, temples, etc. But, but also the fact that they are in, their main industry is banking. Mm. That, that's where their wealth comes from. They're money lenders and bankers. So they are like the, the premier finance people. Guilt, perhaps. Noble house in, in the city. Blood money, perhaps? Who knows? Perhaps influence. I mean, if they have the money, it wouldn't hurt to give philanthropic donations to cover yourself. Yes. And what they also fail to mention. Same character. And the, but the other, the other big evidence seems to be that they have tieflings as servants. Um, but also, what, what they fail to see is they also have half-orcs as servants and drow as servants. Part of their philanthropy is they actually want to give a chance to non-humanoid civilized races in the they city. They practice inclusivity. Exactly so. Exactly I, so. I would not take having tieflings as servants as any. I merely state, well, look, we don't know enough. We don't. We we are blindly guessing based off patterns and rumours. We need more evidence. Finally, Gravund. Or some evidence. Now, that one makes sense. They are a small fish in the noble families who always wanted to be bigger. I know that the rumour is that Lady Gralhund was in contention to be a masked lord and was denied. And I know that they always try to scheme. Other nobles do in fact tend to underestimate them. They're quite shrewd. And even as a young man, when meeting them forcibly at parties and such that my father made me attend, I recall my brief interactions with them and they are... No, they are sinister, I think. Hmm. Whether they are cultists or not, I don't know. But there is something about them that I, being I think a good judge of character, do not like. I, I would avoid them. Let these factions of evil destroy themselves, I say. Alright, so we can also confirm then on the list that Xanathar had that Lady Groundhund is not a masked lord mm-hmm. by that description. So, I think that will do it for that scene then. We will cut to, of course, so all of you as a group had collectively decided to basically start doing work again. 
you receive a missive from Blackstaff Tower yes. mm-hmm. saying that there is a there is a job uh, waiting for you if you would like to come to Blackstaff Tower at your nearest convenience. Yeah. There's not a, a hard time moment on that one. Sure. There is also the fact that there is a missive. You receive a paper bird from the Harpers, yep. or both of you do, stating that Three Strings yep. would very much like to meet you at the Yawning Portal for lunch on this particular day. We cut to the Yawning Portal. It is lunchtime. It is a raucous event because of the fact that somebody is going to be doing a dip. So as we cut to it, first of all, the tavern is packed. It is lunchtime. You can see that Dernan is sitting there, basically with a, a raised eyebrow, hand on the rope, getting ready. This young lad, he's basically like a little bit, a little bit out of shape, but you know, uh, uh, full of in boundless enthusiasm. He's about 21 or so. He's got curly, curly dark hair and tan skin. He strips down to his underwear, essentially just his, oh, no. uh, his long johns. So the tavern is packed. Yes. There's the smell of tobacco in the air, the sound of ale, ale glasses clinking against each other. This this young man uh, walks over the edge. He quaffs he quaffs uh, a cup, and so in this cup. Basically. So sorry, just yeah. to confirm, the yeah. the actual dip itself is he just being lowered and then being raised back up from the. Yeah, I'll, I'll explain. Okay. So he basically takes a big quaff of beer, plant, yep. plants his tanker down, walks uh, after taking off the last the last of his trousers with his underwear, <laughs> just sort of holds his hands up, you know, milk in the crowd. Yep. Everyone's just like, yeah, like so the song hasn't begun yet. He walks over to Dernan, who's got his hand on the rope, and he pl- pl- plunks a gold coin down. Dernan nods, he slides the coin off the bar, gives him a wooden cup and a silver bell. Okay. And gives and puts the bell in the cup and gives it back to him. So he takes it and holds it up in the air victoriously and everyone's like, yay! yay! And so then he once again w- walks over to the side and at the edge of the portal he, he goes to grab the barrel and then starts to wave his hands around encouraging the song to begin. So... Deep and dark and down below Where only fools and faggots go Where monsters roam and dangers mortal Few survive the yawning portal Stand your ground or ring the bell And hope you make it out the way Hurrah! <laughs> 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 yep. so, so he takes the bell and the cup And throws it off And you hear it go Clang, 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 clang. Slowly the big barrel moves over to him. So the game is, mm-hmm. if you get lowered down and then you ring the bell, okay. people bet on how long you stay down for. Right. And so right now people are, people are sitting there. <laughs> so the, 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 the whole point of this game is you try to stay down for as long as you can and people make bets. It's a big betting thing mm. right now. So, uh, and so Yab returns to you, Hurst, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> sitting next to you and says, like, all right, sexy. So <laughs> five gold says this twat doesn't make it 10 seconds. I mean, honestly, I think that he's probably not going to come back at all, but I'll take that bet. I think he'll save some up more than ten. I don't think he'll go a minute, though. Five gold says it's less than ten seconds. Righto. That's it. So you make that thing. So are either of you going to bet with each other? <laughs> Just bet like a thousand gold. He went like five seconds and then shoot him with the crossbow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Done. <laughs> that was about two. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my God. You should have set the boundaries of the wager more firmly, my friend. Indeed. We consulted the lawyers. They consider it murder. <laughs> <laughs> so anyone, anyone else mm. want to make bets? Oh, I'll yeah. jump on that. I'll, uh, I'll put down five gold that he stays uh, longer than uh, 45 seconds. Mm. I will bet Jez 
Ten gold. <laughs> what do you think it'll last or not? Uh, I think I think that he will come up. He will come up between forty-five seconds and sixty mm-hmm. seconds. I will then. I will say he'll take a bit of a fight about him. I'll wager you ten gold. He lasts at least one minute. All right. All right then. I'll take that action. So, and is he? Can I just not put a bet on a time, but whether or not he'll actually bring anything up with him? Yeah. <laughs> we all remember last time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he's just getting we'll... ready for a yeah. fight. I need, I need to be clear. When you say bring something up with him, does that include a monster? Yes. yes. That's exactly arms. what she means. That is exactly what I mean. Fantastic. All right then. <laughs> so, with that, he stands on the edge, the barrel swings over closer and closer to him, and then all of a sudden, you hear... The bell ring already from oh. down below. Wait, he's he, not down there yet. I know. <laughs> Dernan walks over. Can you throw the cup down? You yeah, throw yeah, the cup yeah, and bell yeah, down. yeah, yeah. Dernan just has a really concerned expression and walks over to the to the pool and leans over and sticks his big grizzled head down and, and just looks up in alarm and just looks looks not like he's scared, but just like he's surprised. It's hard to surprise him. And so with that, he just sort of pushes the young man back and said, Well, you bets are off for now. Wait, so is there someone down there? Did you not bring them back up from last time? He starts to lower the barrel. You might say that. To be fair, we had good reason to think they wouldn't be. Are you sure? sure that that's who they are though we'll find out i guess all right so jez definitely readies yeah <laughs> it's just indeed all right so slowly he draw he goes back to the winch and draws he lowers the barrel all the way down and then he lowers it he slowly brings it all the way up and everyone's radiating and looking mm-hmm. there's a, a stunned silence that is echoing or not echoing as the case may be across the entire tavern and then all of a sudden you can see a little figure in the barrel. And it is none other than Bernie's Hornforger. The paladin slash, yeah. you believe, uh, Oathbreaker Blackguard. Yes. The female halfling Blackguard. So she is drenched in both filth and blood. Dried blood. She stares out at the crowd, wide-eyed, like she's just in shock. And then very... I win my bet! <laughs> Okay. So yeah, so this little piercing gnome voice echoes out across the tavern. I cabin. win! But just looking at her, she just calmly opens the side of the barrel and just walks over slowly to the bar. She has not got any weapons on her person. Yeah. With shaking hands, fumbles in the folds of her stained uh, and soiled armor, and then puts a gold coin on the bar, and then takes out another gold coin and puts it on the bar. Of course. Dernan just sort of looks at her and walks around and actually doesn't seem surprised at all. And actually just kind of, kind of gives like a little a little nod to himself. Walks around and she, with a trembling finger, just points a very large bottle of Dwarven Spirits mm-hmm. and he takes it. It's just absolutely tense moment where he just puts the gigantic bottle of whiskey in front of her. With trembling fingers, she takes it and then just yep. downs the entire thing. This <laughs> slow glug, glug. Glug, oh, I think glug. she's got some stories to tell. And then she puts it back on the bar, and then she takes off her holy symbol and throws it on the ground. Ooh. Her fake one. Yeah, we knew okay. that And then was... she digs deep underneath and then pulls out another holy symbol, which has the hand of Bane, the black gauntleted hand, and oh, tears it off shit. and throws it back. Yeah, this is echoing. And then there's slow, prolonged silence, and then ding, 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 as you hear that come down the bottom. And then she just turns and walks slowly out of the tavern, onto the street. 
Okay. Now, for some background and remind me, mm. who was she? The, the nasty female halfling who the, was who was uh, the leader of the Merry Marauders. Who you, you recall the, the first night. First, first night, first session. First scene yes. of the first yes. session they, of the game. They brought a troll back up carrying uh, the remnants of the remainder. I remember, of yeah. Mm. Um, what was her name again? I'll just jot it down. Her name is Fernie's Homeforger. We we suspected that she uh, died. <laughs> Basically. Well, you, well, mm. there was the, there was the shredded, blood-soaked wizard's hat of her companion that was being worn by the troll, and you know mm-hmm. you just assumed. So, uh, Dernan walks over to this kid with this young lad who was who had stripped down. I would not make that bet anymore. To do the thing, and just and just kind of and just sort of crosses his arms and looks at him. And then looks at the barrel, and the lad just sort of like goes pale as a ghost and shakes his head and yeah. says, "No, no thanks. <laughs> That's off. Sorry, I lose." Oh. And and wanders wanders back to put his pa- put his clothing back on and say, "He did. Uh, he didn't wait, even. Wait, is he, is he, he didn't even try. No, I won. Is he read the room? <laughs> there he is didn't a, even try. That's off. <laughs> and there's just a bit of deflating. There's a bit of a sense of foreboding. Like, oh yeah." This undermountain is actually kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like. Mm. Can it, I can I go to the tavern owner? Yes, Dernan goes back there. He's just wiping the bar down now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I just say, Dernan, mate. Oh, you there, Jez? What can I get for you? Are you your tavern are doing wonderfully? Thank you, and I'd love to chat about that later. But what the hell just happened? She was down there for days and days and days. Like a month or something. Well over a month. Almost a month, I'd say. Yes, and she made it out again. More than most. Right, okay. I kind of, I mean, her crew aren't exactly the nicest type, but is anybody going to go after her or anything? He leans forward and says, With the things you can see down there, speaking as the, one of the first to go down, me and Mert, hmm. we stay down there for longer than that, months. If I've been back on occasion, it's best not to talk to them much at first. Right. Let her settle. Okay. It's not just the danger. That place is weird. Right, okay. Have you considered, like, I don't know, boarding it up or something? No, because I know things come in and out of here. Better to have an entrance you know about than not. Yeah. That's a very fair argument. And I can keep an eye on it Mm. and make a tidy profit. You know all about that these days, don't you? That's true. Yeah, we're doing great guns. He he gives you you a little wink and gives you a glass of whatever your favourite beverage is for free. Maybe we should... Oh, (laughs) (laughs) You said anything! (laughs) So we cut back to all of you at the table, okay? And Three Strings uh, just fin- just finishes his set. He's like, after that, I think we, sh- we could all do it with just a, l- a little a little bit of silence. Um, maybe I'll do a, uh, a happy tune shortly. Everyone's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, so he, he wanders over and sits down at the table and says, uh, thank you so much for agreeing to come and see me. This is something of a delicate matter. And uh, frankly, I thought that you'd be the perfect people for doing this. He points across the room at Bonnie, Hurst's friend, the barmaid. Yes. Mm -hmm. By the way, Bonnie has come to you on a couple of occasions to see your glade and to get more plants for her room and so forth in the time in the time uh, of downtime. So that's that's all going very well. He says, "I've made an alliance with Bonnie." Bonnie has uh, come forward about something. Mm-hmm. Come forward about something very, very important that the Harpers want resolved. And he he beckons her over, and she looks kind of like guilty and just kind of like. Takes a deep, you can see her like steal herself, take a deep breath, and wander over. She puts her mop down, and then you, you recall she's just a sandy, blonde yeah. hair girl next door, looking button nose, freckles. She sort of sits down at the table and looks very sheepish. Uh, Bonnie. Okay then. So um, listen, I feel kind of, I feel kind of guilty, particularly to you, Hurst. You've been ever so nice to me, but <sighs> <laughs> what have you done, Bonnie? She becomes Hurst in a split second. There are two Hursts. <gasps> What? <laughs> you have to kill us both. It's the only way. 
<laughs> so she, she, I get right on that shit. Uh, so, so, so Bonnie, <laughs> Bonnie puts their hands up and says, "Please don't," and in her voice, perfectly, "Please don't kill either of us." There's <gasps> uh, some kind of <gasps> doppelganger mimic around you. She, she nods. Izzy is just like super excited about this. <laughs> There's a little-known offshoot of the tro- true doppelgangers. They're part like a half elf or a half orc, half. What do you call yourself? Mimics? Doppelgangers? Three strings. Three strings. She looks guilty again. Three strings says, that's a changeling. And she is a doppelganger. <gasps> One of a gang of five. So she's become a Bonnie again. A gang of five? That's a pretty neat trick. Are oh, sh- that's really cool. Are you sure there's five of them? Bonnie assures me there is five. That's part of why I've called you here today. Oh, no. They say... Bonnie, you can finish. She says, listen, first of all, I just want to say that I I really have been this for so long. I really am Bonnie. I want to be Bonnie. I don't want... I've come from the Underdark. That's why I loved your plants so much, because where I come from in the Underdark, there is just so little of that. The fresh air and the greenery. I represent a gang. Well, really, we're just a group. We're five of us. And I trust each of us. And we just want to find lives for ourselves. We don't want to do anything wrong. We, I know we're often thought of as evil, but we're not. I promise you we're not. We're good folk. Don't judge us by the rest of our kind. And Three String says, So, you are going to interview all five of them. And you are going to tell me which of them, if any, he says looking at her, are actually worth allowing to remain in the city. How many times have uh, we met you, you five? I ask her. She How says, many times? You as Bonnie? No, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, most of us keep really quiet. Uh, there's, other, there's two other bar staff here that are uh, doppelgangers like myself, and the other two just keep... Uh, so she... Uh, she uh, what, what did you get for your insight? Uh, 21 again. So you think she's telling oh, the 22, truth? No, 22. Sorry, 22. You think she's telling the truth? Okay. And she says... Uh, so Have we met the other doppelgangers in various guises? Oh, it's the milkman. Oh, it's Pete the carriage driver. She says, no, I don't think so. We made a rule. We're, we weren't going to change around. We were going to take on a new persona we were going to keep. And that's it. I'm just, I'm just Bonnie, and the other two are just them, and the other, th- and the other two that aren't here, they're just their own roles as well. Simple folk, farmers. So why is this coming out now? Well, let's just say that we used to be six, oh. but the Xanathar found one of us, and to be fair, that one wasn't behaving very well, and so it's kind of a good thing that the Xanathar found them. I'm sorry that they did, but the fact is that. We, the rest of us are a little scared now. We, really, we, we realize we can't go along like this without at least telling one of the groups in the city about it. Yeah. Well, Waterdeep is the right kind of city for you, then. Not everybody comes from here, but it's still home to a lot of people, if that makes sense. That's agreed. Three String says, yes, uh, people that will benefit the city. Well, I think we'll, we're happy to meet with them. We'll take talk the with them. We'll mm. see if they're, they're harmless or if they're causing any trouble. I've arranged it. Room, room five. You have it for the next few hours. They'll come in one by one. You'll interview them one by one, and you'll give me the verdict afterwards. I'll be down here finishing my sad set. Very quickly. Yes. Three strings. You're verifying that each of them are who they say they are? Yes. It occurs to me that it would be easy for a changeling to adopt the persona of another changeling as readily as their own. He shrugs and says, yes, this is absolutely true. Do you have a way of ensuring? And I looked at Bonnie, actually, on this one as well. Yeah. Because I figure if there's anything that... Uh, if anyone would know a changeling would. Is there any way that we can confirm that all five will be present? Uh, he says, there is, in fact. And that's how I how I agreed to get all five together in the first place. And you will verify the second using the following. Mm-hmm. And he, he holds forth a potion. It's a potion of mind reading. Oh. However, it'd be best if you're also good at actually reading people and not rely entirely on the magic. Uh, we have okay. decent. We have, mm. we have a decent judge of character. Mm. 
He says, I will leave you to it. I have to go and finish my set. And he gives her a long look and says, I promise you that if you and your folk prove worthy, you will be taken care of by the Harpers. She nods. Hmm. Some of you may even be given an opportunity to serve in good cause. And with that, he turns and walks away. So Bonnie leads you upstairs to room five. Thanks for listening to Shared Sagas. All music on the show is used under Creative Commons. Check the episode notes for full details.